the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Well, let's continue our teaching series tonight as we look at overcoming giants, temptations. Somebody say overcoming giant temptations. Or say it aloud with me, overcoming giant temptations. Come with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 1 to 13. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our fathers were all under the cloud, all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Verse 5. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was nowhere pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us. Somebody say they are examples for us. And when I come to teach on overcoming giant farming, I'll be walking you through biblical examples. The examples for us. You see, the reason why we have hope in adverse times is because of the abundant, replete examples in scripture for us. There are, there are too many examples. He said, all that was written was written for our learning that we might find comfort and hope. If you won't stay with the word, you'll be frustrated. But when you stay and stick with the word, joy will be bubbling out of your spirit. He said, with most of them, God was not pleased. Now, these things were written, were written for examples that we might not desire evil as they did. Verse 7, do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat to eat and drink and rose up to play. And we must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell. Verse 9, we must not put Christ to test as some of them did and were destroyed by the serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, these things, somebody say these things. These things happened to them as example. Somebody say example. These things were written, happened to them for example, that they, but they are written for our instruction. Okay. On whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, somebody say therefore. I've taught you, when you see therefore, you want to ask, what is it therefore? He gave you all that to tell you. Therefore, let's read it together. Let anyone who thinks that he stands, take heed lest he falls. You shall not fall. Amen. Then he tells you, no temptation, let's go, has overtaken you. God is faithful. Oh, and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to, you may be able to endure it. Somebody say, endure it. He said that God, with the temptation also, he will provide a way of escape. Somebody say, a way of escape. Say, a way of escape. 
All right, so in the past weeks, we've been exploring temptation, overcoming giant temptation. I established as a fundamental rule and as a fundamental thought that victory over sin begins with mastery over temptation. Somebody say victory over sin begins with mastery over temptation. Now, when you are able to deal with temptation the way temptation ought to be dealt with, you will not have to pray and confess your sin because sin will be non-existent in your life. Most of the time, we sit down and we allow temptations to overtake us. You know, it says no temptation has overtaken you. So when you sit down and it overtakes you, when a vehicle... You are driving a, a, a Land Cruiser and somebody is using Tico and he's trying to overtake you. Don't allow him. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't allow him. <laughs> the Bible says, no temptation has overtaken you. Don't allow it to overtake you. In other words, it catches you by surprise. You shall not be taken by surprise. I said, you shall not be taken by surprise. That's why I'm sharing these thoughts with you. In the past weeks, we looked at what temptation is. We looked at 13 truths. Every Christian must know about temptations. And then, of course, last, uh, last three weeks, we looked at the origin of temptation in which I established seven things and situations the tempter uses to tempt and trap us. Okay? And last week, we began exploring escape routes from temptation. Somebody say escape routes from temptation. Say escape routes from temptation. And then under escape routes from temptation, I'll be sharing with you seven escape routes from temptation. And all of them, I will start them with F. Somebody say F. F. Okay, it just to help you remember escape routes from temptation. The first F, we began to explore it last week. We call it frame. Somebody say frame. frame. Okay, so we looked at the escape route of knowing and understanding your frame. Somebody say, I must know. And I understand my frame. The Bible says in Psalm 103 verse 14, he said he knows our frame. He remembers that we are but we are but dust. He knows our frame. God knows our frame. I wrote here, I said, an excellent knowledge of your default frame. And the frame is associated with it. It's critical in overcoming temptations. Somebody say, an excellent knowledge, an excellent knowledge. Of, my of my default frame. Or default setting. <laughs> And the phrase is associated with it. It's critical in overcoming temptation. Yeah, Second Corinthians chapter two, verse eleven. He said, "Lest Satan should get advantage over us, because we are ignorant. When we don't know our frame, Satan takes advantage of us. You must know the things that naturally your wiring, your natural wiring, it makes you weak. Some of you, you are naturally your natural wiring is such that you are weak when you see money. You will lie now." When you see a lot of money, you feel like taking some now. That's your natural frame. Others too, when you see a woman in trousers, then things are knocking things. So all of us, our natural frame and constitution is different. And the temptation that comes our way, it, it Satan makes sure that he customizes it. You remember when we were talking about the 13 troops? We said the temptations that come your way are customized to you. Somebody said they are customized to you. Yeah, it means it's tailor fit. The temptations you are you are prone to most of the time is tailor fitted for you. They may not fit me. What Satan will use to attack me as a temptation is different. When it comes to temptation, it's different strokes for different folks. Somebody say different strokes, different strokes. for different folks. For different That's how Satan works. 
So something that may not mean anything to you will mean so much to someone else. It's important we understand our frame. Today, I think last week, I even began talking about it. The second F is feeding. Somebody say feeding. feeding. Say feeding. So the escape route of feeding, and today that's what we want to focus on. We are looking at overcoming giant temptations. Part 4B, escape route from temptation 2, and we are looking at feeding, the escape route of feeding. Somebody say the escape route of feeding. Say the escape route of feeding. All right. You have to think in the stems. Satan is looking for you. How many of you know that Satan is looking for you? He's looking for you because he's your adversary or you are his adversary. First Peter says that be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So Satan is out for you. Somebody say he's out for you. Now, if he's out for you, you need to know what to do in order to uh, deal with him when he comes. And one of the things you need to learn how to do is strength. Gain strength. Somebody say strength. That's what we want to focus on tonight. The escape route of feeding. Psalm 119 verse 11. We said there can be no sin without temptation. How many of you remember that? There can be no sin without what? The thing that leads us into sin is temptation. So without temptation, there will be no sin. And when you are tempted, you have no sin. But when you give in to temptation, it becomes sin. The Bible says sin, when it's conceived, it brings forth. So temptation itself is not sin. But when you yield into temptation, you fall into sin. And look at what scripture says here. Let's read it together. Your word I have. No, your word I have kept in my iPhone. Your word I have placed in my chobos. Your word I have placed under my pillow. Your word I have placed in my bank account. Your word I have what? Hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. In other words, when your word is hidden in my heart, I already have defeated temptation. So I won't fall into sin. Do you get that? Huh? When the word is rooted in you, you are established and you are rooted. Three key thoughts I want to share with you tonight. Number one, I want you to understand that it takes spiritual strength to overcome temptation. Temptation is not overcome in the energy of the flesh. By strength shall no man prevail. Oh, uh, willpower. This this thing is not a matter of it's not a matter of willpower. <laughs> strong men and strong men with ironclad will have fallen. If you doubt it, go ask something. There was no one stronger than him. But a small woman with a small waist. <laughs> you know, when we talk about Delilah, Delilah means little. <laughs> That's the meaning of it. Little. A woman with little strength, little everything, brought a man with giant energy down. So it's not, it's not, not, not this, this is a man who could take a city gate, slay. I mean, when it comes to might, nobody had it like something. <laughs> but he was physically strong, but spiritually weak. On the other hand, <laughs> On the other hand, you look like you look at a man like Joseph. He looked frail. They could just arrest him. His brothers put him in a, a, a pit and sell him. And he comes into Potiphar's house and he's just a become boy boy. He's so frail. He looks so frail. Yet this man could resist a woman and floor the woman down. The woman was very powerful, but the man disgraced the woman. 
This is not going, it's going to, going to happen. I'm not going to give in cheaply. Listen, you have a precious destiny. Don't give in cheaply. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have a precious destiny. Last week I told you that the Sidatros will always hunt for a precious life. The reason why women like you, that the Lumba sang a song, it said, That's what that Lumba sang. But scripture says that, now, this is what scripture says. Scripture did not say, say, Scripture says that when your life is precious, adulterous people will hunt for your life. When your life is precious. When your life, your future is precious. Satan does not waste his bullets. He targets people who have precious destinies. You think you're having fun sleeping around. It's your future that you are risking it. You need spiritual strength. Somebody say spiritual strength. strength. It takes spiritual strength. That's the first thought I want you to take home. I'm not rounding it up. I told you we are looking at seven escape routes from temptation. And this is only the second one. So we have the other five. I'll share it and come and bring in something else in and then we'll go back to it later. Somebody say it takes spiritual strength. Say it takes spiritual strength. And the Bible says in the book of Proverbs 24.10, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. And you know, I, I like how they put it in the New Living Translation. He says, if you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. If you fail under pressure. You know, temptation is simply pressure to do what is ungodly. Pressure to do what does dishonest God. Pressure to do that which brings your spirit under trouble. That is what temptation is. It brings you under intense pressure. Intense pressure. It's like, if you don't do it, you will die. It's a lie. It's intense pressure. And the Bible says, when you give in to that kind of pressure, your strength is more. Your strength is more. You won't give in to the pressure. I said, you won't give in to the pressure. Now, Jesus overcame every temptation. How many of you know that? He overcame every temptation. How did he do it? Because he was spiritually strong. He was not weak. He was spiritually strong. We are told in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. He said, for we do not have an high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But he was at all points. Somebody say at all points. At all points tempted like as we are. Yet without sin. He was tempted in every way. Like we are, yet without sin. How could he do it? You know, when you look at the life of Jesus, it should tell you about the kind of life you should live. When you say, I've accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, you are simply saying, I've received the power to live like Christ. That's what the Bible could tell you. Be imitators of me as I follow Christ. In the book of Ephesians, he said, be followers of God as dear children. You cannot, he won't tell you to follow him if you lack what it takes to be able to follow him like you ought to follow him. In the book of Peter, he said he has left an example for us that we should follow in the steps. How else will he follow in the steps if he has not given us the power to follow in the steps? And this is where the power comes from. Accepting Christ. That is one of the foundational thoughts I gave you when we started this. The Christian is an overcomer. He's not a victim. And in every situation, you have to think like that. You have to function like that. You have to act like that. You have to talk like that. That's what the Bible says. When men are cast down, you will say there's a lifting up. You are not a victim. You are an overcomer. He said, little children, you are of God and have overcome the world. For greater is he that is in you. And that overcoming life, he cuts across everything. Well, you come under intense economic and you don't give in. And say, I'm going to commit suicide. No, no, no. Those are, they, they perish the thought. Those are, that's not how a believer deals with the challenges of life. When the spirit of God seizes you and the word of God reigns supreme in your heart, 
Your attitude and disposition towards challenges is different. That's why in Caleb said, let's go up at once. We are well able. You see, the Christian sees himself as well able. That's the spirit of Joshua and Caleb. We are well able. Giants are there, but we are well able. Things are tough, but we are well able. Temptation is strong, but we are well able. Am I communicating somebody at all? That's the that, that's disposition of the believer. You are well able. Paul understood that so he could boldly say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's it. That's how the believer lives. You don't live like a victim. No, 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 no. The devil made me do it. Stop giving glory and decoration to the devil. He has no power. He has not gotten that kind of power to make you do what you don't want to do. That's the difference between you and the unbeliever. The unbeliever has no power. When the devil comes, he just flows along. But you who has been raised, you are made to sit with Christ far above principalities and powers. With the devil under your feet. There is no way someone under your feet can be controlling your hands, controlling your body, controlling your legs. No, 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 no. He's under your feet. That's where he is. But when you give him so much power in your mind, he begins to control you. That's why exposure to the word of God consistently is critical. Exposure, because listen, this thing about uh, spiritual warfare is here. I told you last two weeks, it's between your two years. If you lose a battle between your two years, you've lost it. If you lose it between your two years, forget it. No amount of prayer. People go to mountains, they say they pray, they come down and they are defeated. There are people who have gone fasted 30 days because they want to overcome fornication. Listen, they don't fast to overcome fornication. You feed to overcome fornication. You feed. Prayer has its place, but you feed. As long as those pornographic picture images are on your phone, you keep on feeding on it. You would think that, oh, as for me, it's my weakness. Satan, I don't know this now, I'll die with it. No, 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 it's not your weakness. You are feeding that weakness. You are feeding that weakness. When I was a child, you could not easily have access to pornographic images to watch. In fact, when I, I was growing up a bit and I became a bad boy, we would stay up late at night and then... That's where we, you could have access to watch them in cinemas. So the cinemas, they will show the, those uh, wild movies, action movies, all the way till about uh, 1 a.m. thereabout. And from 1 a.m., that's when you begin to see uh, pornographic pictures. But today, you have the access on your phone. If you have a letter data, you can go to any site. In fact, there are more uh, uh, adverts, on pornogra pornographic adverts, than any other adverts on the internet. You are there on the internet doing something, it pops up. It pops up. It pops up. It pops up. And there are some of us who are in church spirit field, but we are under that influence. And God is liberating you by his word. He said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. It's not the devil. You have allowed him to feed your mind. That's it. So it takes spiritual strength. Somebody say it takes spiritual strength. Okay. Number two, spiritual strength comes from spiritual feeding. Somebody say spiritual strength comes from spiritual feeding. Now, if you want to be strong in the natural, you have to engage in bodily exercise. And First Timothy tells us, he said, bodily exercise profited later. But godliness and the word exercise has to do with going to the gym and then engaging in rigorous exercises. Muscle building. That's how you build up your muscle. In the spiritual you have to also build up muscles. And you do so by exposing yourself to the word of God. That's, that's where it comes from. Look at 1 John chapter 2 verse 14. I have written. Somebody say I have written. I have written. 
who have written unto you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I've written unto you young men because you are please you are read that with me. You are young men you are and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. How do you overcome? You have to gain strength. Where would the strength come from? The word of God. <laughs> are you with me here? I've written, young men, you are strong. Where is your strength? Is it in alcohol? Your strength must come from the word of God. Young men, you are strong. And the reason why you are strong is that the word of God abides in you. When the word abides in you. I told you, I wrote a book many years ago, 2008, my first book, Time and Opportunity. And in one, I don't know which chapter, one of these is, I'll look for it and tell you. I wrote by the inspiration of the word of, uh, of, the, of the spirit that until the word of God goes through you, you can't go through the world. That's 2008. Until the word of God goes through you. That's why the Bible says, let the word of God dwell in you poorly. Later, let the word of God dwell in you what? richly, abundantly, exceedingly. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. In other words, when you are, there's a cut on you, the word should be oozing out of you. You should become a walking, talking, active Bible. Am I communicating here? The Bible said the word shall be on your mouth when you lie down, when you wake up, when you rise up, when you walk on the way. That should be your approach. That was the life Jesus lived. I have written unto young men, you are strong because the word of God abides in you. The word abides in you. All you know to do is your kogari. You can get three balls of kenke and finish it in uh, uh, 15, uh, 10 minutes. You finished it. But you can't pick the word of God and soak it up. We've designed a, 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 a booklet, a must know, that is supposed to help you memorize the word of God. He said, as for me, Pastor, I don't know, but the scriptures cannot stick. But the, 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 the 11 players of Barcelona, you can remember all of them and call them by names. You can tell. When last Barcelona lost against uh, Manchester United, you can tell how many years ago. Who was the captain of Barcelona? 1979, you know. But you don't know what is written in John 3, 16. You don't know what is written in 1 John 3, 7. Then you are looking to overcome temptation. No, when temptations come, you will not quote that uh, uh, Sergio Ramos was a, a captain of so-so-and-so to overcome. No, Satan doesn't know that one. Listen, all of us, we can retain what we want to retain. Haven't you seen that your mind can retain a lot of nonsense? People do you good, you forget. But people do you bad, you have marked them at a certain corner of your mind. You've secured it and locked it with key. What kind of mind is that? That mind is able to retain. So you have to get it. The word must be in you. Somebody say it must be in you. No, no, no. Here, you come here to know Christ. That's our mandate. That's our mission. We are here to help you know Christ. So knowledge is a very important thing in this church. I've told you that we, in our resetting, you have to know where our priorities are. And I'll bring them in one after the other. Knowledge is critical here. You can't stay in the church and have little value or no value for knowledge. You have no future with us. You have no future with us. Come to church, you don't make notes, you don't listen to podcasts, and you are just there. You have no future with us. I can tell you, within the next five, ten years, when God is lifting people and making them global icons, global change agents, you are not likely to be part of them if you have not valued the things we have shared and thought in this altar. And it's going to happen and happen so fast. Do you understand what I'm saying? You didn't hear, so you didn't even give an amen. But it's going to happen and happen so fast. 
I sense a great deal of speed coming. I sense it. I sense it. God will do a quick work and he will cut it short in righteousness. Spiritual strength comes from spiritual feeding. Somebody says spiritual strength. Comes from spiritual feeding. Look at Acts chapter 20 verse 32. So I I commend you to God. Somebody say I commend you to God. And the word of his what? Which is able to what? Build you up. And to give you an inheritance. Let's say we build you up. When you go to the gym and you lift up weights, they build you up. When you also commit yourself to the word, it builds you up. It builds you up. It builds you up. It builds you up. God's word builds you up. It doesn't send you down. It builds you up. As you are hearing the word now, you are getting built up. As you study the word, you are getting built up. It builds you up and gives you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Spiritual strength cannot be developed without a commitment to continuous feeding from God's word. Spiritual strength cannot be developed and sustained. Somebody say developed and sustained without continuous commitment to feeding from God's word. Feeding on the word. Feeding on the word. This book of the law must not depart from your mind, but you shall meditate on it day and night. That's what you you need to do. Day and night. Day and night. Feeding on it. Feeding on it. Once a week is not enough. Once a day is not enough. Feeding on it day and night. Day and night. You see, God's word is medicine. According to the book of Proverbs, it's medicine. And you see, when your doctor gives you prescription, when you give your patient prescription, and the patient decides that he's going to take the prescription at, on his own terms, how well is such a patient likely to do? Not much. If it's a critical case, you may lose that patient. Why? Because the person is not observing the protocol for medical care. And you must observe the protocol for spiritual care and spiritual health. If you must stay healthy, the protocol is that this book must not depart from your mouth. You should focus on it day and night. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standing in the way of sinners, nor sitting in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of his God. What do you take great delight in? Watching movies? And you want to be strong spiritually? No, it doesn't work like that. Watching movies, listening to radio, and you listen and listen and listen, and they tell you about depression of the city. By the time you finish, you are depressed. You can't even pray. No, 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 no. That's not the way you build spiritual strength. You don't build spiritual strength by reading newspapers. No, 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 no. Smith Wigglesworth, a man with uncommon faith, he didn't read anything apart from the word of God. Nothing. Not even news. You can call him extreme. That's why he had extreme faith. What do you have? He was extreme and he had extreme faith. And he did amazing things for God. What do you have? Unbelief, doubt. Even your little life, you don't have the faith that sustains it. Please understand that feeding on God's word is critical for gaining and sustaining spiritual strength. Look at Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. The Bible said, and the Lord, and he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. With proceeds from the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone. So that two things you live by. You are either living on bread, natural food, or you are living on the word of God, spiritual food. So God's word is key. In the book of Psalm 104, verse 5, look at this. God's word is bread. Somebody say God's word is bread. Now look at this. And why that maketh glad the heart of man? Somebody say, why makes glad the heart of man? Oil to make his face to shine. Say it aloud. Oil to make his face to shine. 
and bread which strengthens man's what will strengthen your heart? Bread. And that's the word of God. Bread which strengthens your heart. Strengthens your spirit. You know why Jesus was so strong in the face of temptation? He was tempted at all points. He had a strong spirit. He had what? I said he had what? A strong spirit. You can have a strong body. That is not what you need when you are tempted by a little girl. No, when sexual temptation comes, it's not physical strength. It's not an asset. It's a liability. Physical strength. I have six packs. It's a mighty liability. <laughs> Jesus was strong. Luke chapter 2 verse 40. And the child grew, was, became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. He grew, became strong in spirit. No. This is like the zenith of it. You appreciate the process that led to this. When you begin to read, he, he concluded, he made a conclusive statement, then he took you through what made the child grow. Look at this. Verse 41, let's read verse 41. And his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. Verse 43. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. Do you what? And Joseph, his mother, did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. Verse. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. 46. Let's go. Now so it was after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening and asking them questions. That was what made him become strong. He sat. He had time to sit. You are too busy to sit. Too busy to sit under the word. Too busy. Too busy. Too busy. Too occupied. Matter. <laughs> you are troubled about many things. One thing is critical and you lack it. One thing is critical. One thing is critical. Listen, when the push comes to the shove, let me tell you, the only thing that will sustain you is the word of God in your spirit. That's the principal thing. The greatest asset a man needs to survive anywhere is the word of God in your spirit. 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 You cannot take it for granted. You cannot afford to be an ignorant believer. You can't. It's a risk. The Bible says, let Satan should take advantage of us. For we are not ignorant. of." In other words, when you walk in ignorance, Satan has already won over you. He has already won over you. He has already won. You will not be defeated. Now he says... Verse 6, and when all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Go to verse 47. All who heard him were astonished at 12. All who heard him. And you are 40. You don't understand the scriptures. You are 30 something, 20 something. You can't articulate the scriptures. Use it to. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. It's not good. Something is fundamentally wrong. Finish investing. You cannot present the gospel. No. All who heard him. Somebody say, all. Oh. Say all. all. Who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Listen, when we come, it comes to maturity, understanding is critical. In the book of 1 Corinthians, he tells us, he said, in malice be children, but in understanding be men. When I was a child, I thought as a child. I spake as a child. I understood as a child. Jesus was not a child at all. He was strong in spirit. How? He went to the temple sat. Today, beyond coming to the temple, you have podcasts, you have all kinds of avenues to keep feeding your spirit and yet you are still lazy enough not to do it. 
how can you advance with your life? The Bible says in the book of Psalms, how which shall a young man cleanse his way? How which shall a young man cleanse his way? How else shall a young woman cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto according to your word. So it's key. I've given you two, three key points. I don't know. I don't think I can go any further. Go so far. Look at this. Number one is that it takes spiritual strength to do what? Talk to me. It takes spiritual strength to what? Number two is what? Spiritual strength comes from what? Spiritual feeding. And then number three, God's word is spiritual food. God's word. Somebody say God's word. It's spiritual food. Yeah, Jesus referring to the word Matthew 4, 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds from the mouth of God. God's word is food for the nourishment of your spirit. The same way Banku and tilapia will nourish your flesh. The same way uh, fried rice or Chinese food will nourish your flesh. God's word nourishes your spirit. And there are some of us, our body is healthy, but our spirits are suffering because your body is strong, but your spirit is weak. It shall not be so anymore. Amen. Look at Jeremiah 15, 16. He said, your words were found. Somebody say, your words were found. Amen. Your words were found and I ate them. That's, that's food. I ate it. I ate it. I ate them. And your word was to me joy and rejoicing of my heart. You can continue to feed on the word and not be joyful. He said, your words were I ate them. I ate them. I ate them. Job was speaking. You know why Job survived what he went through? The word was on him every time. Neither have I gone back from your commandment from my lips. I have esteemed the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. In other words, for Job, no Bible, no breakfast. It used to be the SU slogan. But today, people can go for weeks, no Bible. And they are eating breakfast, lunch, supper, and dessert. Everything on top. No Bible, no breakfast. That used to be there. He said, I have esteemed the weight of your mouth more than my necessary food. I place value and premium on the word above my natural meal. What do you place value on? What do you place value on? That's why you can be sitting in church and precious. What research you can do is done for you freely. All you need to do is to make notes. Go refer and continue to nourish yourself. And that one, you are too uh, occupied to do that. And you are expecting to grow spiritually. It hasn't happened. I've told people, listen, there are many things that can happen accidentally. Spiritual growth is not one of them. Many things can happen in a person's life accidentally. Spiritual growth is not accidental. Natural growth, you can be growing. That's why you can meet a 40-year-old man, 50-year-old man who's so foolish than a a, a 15-year-old person. Because natural growth is just the numbers you are adding on. But spiritual growth comes with high degree of intentionality. You have to be intentional that I'm going to grow. I'm not going to be a baby anymore. I'm not going to be a little person in the church anymore. I'm going to build myself up. That is how it happens. Somebody say an amen. Amen. Biblical descriptions about God's word as food. Look at God's word is food. Somebody say God's word is food. God's word is described as honey and butter in the book of Isaiah 7, 14 to 15. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a son. Behold, a virgin himself shall conceive and bear a son. He shall call his name Emmanuel. He says, butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know how to refuse the good and choose the, refuse the evil and choose the good. 
Your choices are shaped by what you feed on. Jesus knew how to choose the good and refuse the evil because he fed on the butter and the honey of the word. Again, Psalm 19, verse 7 to 10. He says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. He says, verse 8, he says, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. He says, more to be desired are they than good. Yea, much fine than fine gold. Then he says, sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. God's word is honey and the honeycomb. So sweet. Sweetens your spirit. You can't sustain a sweet spirit without the word of God. God's word is bread. We are told, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God. God's word is milk. First Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, he said, Brethren, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. He said, I have failed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither are ye now able to. God's word is meat and is milk. It's food. In the book of uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 to 14, it described the word as meat. He said, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need again that one teach you, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. Then you have become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Then he tells you, for everyone who uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Verse 14, but strong meat, somebody say strong meat. God's word is strong meat. Strong meat is good for those who are full of age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good from evil. Is that not what Jesus did? He refused the evil and chose the good. He could discern by the word of God. God's word is water. It purifies. It refreshes your soul. Huh. The Bible said that he might sanctify and cleanse them. Ephesians 5 is when he says, by the washing of water, by the word. When you expose yourself to the word of God, that filth on your mind will be washed away. The negativity on your mind will be washed away. The sinful thought will be washed away. When there is water and you keep coming to water, you always be clean. You always be what? You always be refreshed. You always be clean. But when you don't have value for water, when there is abundance of it, God's word is food. Somebody say God's word is food. I'm talking about building spiritual strength so you can deal with temptation cheaply. Most of it, every temptation you, you, you fell into, it was not stronger than you because that's what the word of God says. No temptation is taking you except that the way is common. God is able, he's faithful and able that he will not suffer you to be tempted. But when you have not built up spiritual capacity, you will falter in the day of temptation. From today, you will not falter in the day of temptation. The strength of God will be your portion. The grace of God will rest upon you. You will walk in strength. You will walk in health. That discipline to uh, stay in the word. Receive that grace for it. Receive grace to be disciplined in the word. Receive grace to be disciplined in the word. Receive grace to study the word. Receive grace to meditate on the word. Receive grace to talk the word. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me mean every word and then believe it in your heart say lord jesus i confess that you are my lord and my savior 
I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no,